We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This weekend on CBS, the NFL playoffs get serious. Four AFC teams still alive, all with their eyes on Super Bowl 55. And right now, that road runs through Kansas City. With the Chiefs rolling into the playoffs as the number one seed, can the all-world Mr. Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes and company go back-to-back? Or is someone else ready to knock them off the top? Find out this weekend when the AFC Divisional Playoffs kick off on CBS. Welcome back to Fourth and Forever, a special playoff preview episode today with two special guests. These two guests come from a huge divisional matchup. We got the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills, and from the Baltimore Ravens, somebody who knows something about a Super Bowl run and a Super Bowl championship, their standout defensive tackle star, Derek Wolf. He'll be joining us, talking about his time in Denver, talking about uh, his Baltimore Ravens team now, what they just did to the Titans, and what they plan to do to the Buffalo Bills. And from the Buffalo Bills, somebody who's no stranger to a Super Bowl run himself, Josh Norman, who went on a Super Bowl run with the Carolina Panthers, now obviously with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he's got a lot to say about Bills Mafia and, uh, and what's coming up this week. So should be fun, hope you guys enjoy. All right, we're back on Fourth and Forever. Huge guest, huge ask, and a huge get for a former teammate for, call it six months, just call it an off season, a cup of coffee with the Denver Broncos that I had, but we have nine-year NFL vet, former Denver Broncos teammate, former Super Bowl 50 champion, Derek Wolf. Thanks for joining us, buddy. No, thanks for having me, brother. Of course. How are you feeling? Uh, huge victory. A lot of people thought Tennessee, and I got to apologize off the bat, bro. I, I thought Tennessee had you guys' number. I really did. After Lamar threw that early pick, I was like, oh boy, here we go. This thing could get ugly. But what I forgot is you, Calais Campbell, you guys weren't there the last time you played this team, and it really showed up this time. 40 yards rushing for Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, you had a big sack up the middle against Tannehill on a little stunt game. How you guys feeling after the win? What has Coach Harbaugh said? Give me, give me the whole vibe there in Baltimore. You know, the first time we played them, you know, we were down two guys, our two, you know, two of our best guys on on this defense on the team, really Calais and Brandon Williams. Yeah. And Brandon Williams is an All Pro nose guard. You know, he's one of the best football players I've ever, I've ever played against or played beside. And he, uh, you know, he wasn't in that game. Neither was Calais. So I played, I played sixty something snaps that game. And uh, you know we held him, to, we held him to 48 rushing yards on 19 carries, yeah. and he busted. But he made the big run when it counted in the overtime. That's what it was, so yeah. It was that overtime run, and it was just like I just had nothing left in the tank, man. I gave everything I had on that play. I just couldn't make the tackle, so I I couldn't wait to play him again because I was like, we got I got all my dogs back. We're about to <laughs> we're about to try to shut this down. And uh, there we go. You know we did just that. That's great. And going into the game, I mean. Tell the fans what people don't understand on the outside. Like, you go into this game, and it's almost like playing a triple option team. Like, you know it's going to get down and dirty. You're just going to be busting up gaps. You're going to be, like, 
bloody, bruised, and battered at the end of it. Because you know this team's physical, you guys are physical, <laughs> and at the end it's just like whoever's standing deserves the victory. Is that kind of the way it felt? Because it was almost like a revenge game for you guys, but like the mentality going into it, it's just, all right, let's get in this phone booth. One of us is coming out alive, and that's it. Well, what, I mean, the way – so it's like a Kubiak, you know, Shanahan offense. So yeah. what they do is they take their offensive linemen and they tell them all to run one way. Yep. Take off running one way, and we're going to hand the ball to Derrick Henry, who's – he's not a little guy. And he's going to get a 5- to 10-yard head start and just bust – just to come busting yeah. through a gap. So let's see who's tougher and who can just keep, you know, taking – because you come ripping off a block, you're not like – you're not balanced. You know what I mean? So you come right. throwing off a block back inside – and you hit him, and then the rest of your defensive line's coming, and they hit him, and it's just a giant pile of, of oh, I mean, yeah. it's just wild, man. It's wild. When you watch it on film, you're like, wow. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. That, I mean, obviously, from an offensive perspective, that's what we'd say in the zone run game. You want to distort the read of the defense so they get a muddied gaps, and then you cut them, essentially. You either cut their legs out or cut back as the runner. So not an easy task for you guys incredible feeling i'm sure and then revenge is a dish best served cold stomping on that logo how did that feel because november 22nd it felt good for the tennessee titans but january yeah. 10th <laughs> it felt awfully good for the ravens what was that like when marcus peters picked off that ball it seemed like everybody knew was this like hey you know if we got to stop this next series like we're all going to do this or it just kind of happened organically it it just happened i don't like we didn't even talk about it. we never talked about them stomping on our on our shield either like we didn't really even talk about it but obviously people pay attention to that stuff because of social media and it was just something like you could tell we were all that's how you know we're all on the same page because yeah as soon as he caught that ball we just sprinted right to the middle of the field because <laughs> we knew it was over you know what i mean that was the it was almost play. choreographed it was, it was, it was crazy it was crazy yeah it was that was that was incredible incredible win what about this harbaugh and Vrabel fight scenario have you seen any of this stuff getting getting uh, traction on social media <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's so dumb. All right, what do you think? What do you think? I mean, Vrabel's a he's a big guy. Like he's a, <laughs> he's, you know I mean? he's a big guy. But Harbaugh's scrappy, so I mean, yeah. like he's gonna be in for a long day. He's not gonna yeah. take him easy, but you okay. know, his size might overwhelm him. But you know, I'm I'm gonna ride with my boys, man. My coach is. Go. I'm gonna ride with with Harbaugh. Like if if he's in a fight, we're in a fight. So talk about Harbaugh's coaching style because you've been with Gary Kubiak. You won a Super Bowl with Kubiak. Compare and contrast those two coaches, their, their traits that you, that you really gravitate to, and that blue-collar mentality of, of Baltimore. Yeah, man. I, you know, Harbaugh's like, he's one of the best coaches I've ever been around. He's one of the best leaders of men that I've ever been around. And he, he does it because he, the best part about him is he treats you like a grown man. He doesn't treat you like a child. You know, I, you know when you've got a wife and kids, you don't want to be talked to like a child or right. treated like a child. Right. You know, and uh, obviously, and he does a great job of keeping the culture the way it needs to be. He doesn't, he's not a big, you know, scream and yell at somebody, but he's involved in everything, you know, especially with these Zoom meetings. It makes it even, he's, it's even better because he's popping in and out of meetings and, yeah. you know what I mean? He's always involved. He's involved in, in everything from the field goal block to the, you know, he, he stays involved in everything, but he, just involved enough. He doesn't try to control it. He doesn't, he's not a control freak. So I think he just found like this groove that he got in. And, you know, his wins, his win, I mean, I don't know how many wins he has, but he has 100, 100 plus wins, which is incredible as a head coach to, to yeah. accomplish that. And to be with one organization as long as he has, it shows what kind of culture that has been built here. No doubt. Um, so Saturday night, you guys go to Buffalo. Bill's Mafia, 
they got a couple fans there. They got, you know, uh, are you guys going to be smashing tables, getting ready for the game? What's going on? Man, it's just a, it's a football game. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be a Saturday night. It's going to be cold and snowing, and it's just how we like it. So it's perfect for us. I love it. As as one of the leaders on this team and this defense, you've you've been to the mountaintop, bro. You've held that Super Bowl trophy, the Lombardi Trophy. Have any of the guys in Baltimore asked you about it, or have you imparted any of your own knowledge? Like, hey guys, this is what it's going to take. You know, it's going to take sacrifice. Of course, in a year like this with COVID, like guys have to sacrifice in general. But what's it like? Have you had those conversations with anybody, whether it's Lamar or Calais Campbell, guys who've been so close before? but just haven't quite got there. What are those conversations like in the locker room? Yeah, we just talk about how you got to take it one day at a time. <clears throat> one, one play at practice at a time, you know, one period yeah. at practice at a time. It's just, you can't, you can't start thinking about, you know, two weeks from now. Because the only thing that's promised to us is Saturday. That's it. The only, that's the only thing promised to us. we got to go earn the right to play the, the week after. It's, nobody's going to give it to you. And nobody's just going to bend over and fold in the, in the playoffs. So we got to go out there and take what we want. And, uh, you know, we have to keep that momentum going. And next play mentality, you know, whenever it's playoffs, people are going to make big plays. We got, we're playing against the best teams in the league right now. So they're going to make plays. So we have to just bounce back from that. And, you know, I think we did a good job last week. You know, we were down 10 nothing, and nobody I – I don't even really remember us being down 10 nothing, But, yeah. you know, we were down 10 nothing at one point. And, like, people just started – you know, we just started playing football. And it, everything – if we just keep doing playing our game, playing Ravens football, worried about us – it's all going to work out for us. And it's going to be a really good ending. Yeah, that's important too because it's it's unrealistic thinking, especially at this point in the season. Like they're never going to come up with any plays. We're just going to shut them out three and out every time or a bunch of turnovers. They're going to have their plays. Like you play against a guy like Josh Allen, you know, talk about his talent, uh, the momentum he's playing with, his receivers, Diggs, <laughs> uh, Cole Beasley. These guys, I mean, they're going to get a couple plays here and there. But what's your mentality going into this game, knowing Josh Allen? He's a big guy. He doesn't go down easy. He has shown he, he might fumble the ball a little bit now in the pocket. Like, are you guys making an emphasis on swatting at the rock? Or what's the mentality going in against a quarterback like Josh Allen? He's playing real hot. We're making an emphasis of, of making sure that we tackle him. Yeah. Just keep, you know, I mean, don't let him break tackles. And, you know, don't, if you get your hands on him, keep him wrapped up. You know what I mean? Don't, don't just don't try to sling him down on the ground because that's when he gets out. People try to grab him and sling him down. He stays on his feet. He yeah. ducks out of a – I mean, he's a great athlete. I'm, you know, once he, gets, once he gets rolling, you know, he'll, he'll try to run people over. So you have to, you have to tackle him like a running back. And, uh, you know, I, I think we, we, we had a game similar to like a similar style offense against New England. You know, and that was another game we didn't have our whole squad. You know, the similar kind of quarterback that uses legs a lot. And, you know, I think that as long as we can contain the quarterback and don't let him extend the plays, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and play great coverage. And then, you know, that's, it's part of their run game. Their quarterback is a huge part of their run game. So that's, you know, we got to stop the run. And that includes yeah. the quarterback getting out of the pocket and taking off, you know, getting those, you know, third and 10 and he goes and gets a first down. Like that, that kind of stuff is just demoralizing. So you have to limit those. No doubt. That makes total sense. And talking about a quarterback that can run, what's up with Lamar Jackson? How fun is it <laughs> watching him from the sideline? I mean, are you like, you know, you're looking at your plays on defense, you know, you're, you're going through the, you know, the surface and going through your, your gaps and, hey, we ran this, they ran this, play, blah, blah. But how many times do you catch yourself just watching the big screen and watching Lamar run down the field? Is he amazing? I'm or always what? watching him. I'm always <laughs> watching him because it, it, it really is that you can have the perfect play on defense, the perfect yeah. play. 
and it executed perfectly. And he will go and take it to the house on. He'll take it straight to the crib. He'll oh, score wow. on you. It, you'll have him sacked and think, of the, oh, it's a sack, third and, third and eight, it's a sack. And have him wrapped up, and he'll get out of there, and he'll just take <laughs> off and go 80 yards on you. He's the X factor, man. He's the ultimate no X doubt. factor. What kind of maturation have you seen just in this one year that you've been there? But, you know, all the, all the rhetoric going into that game was Lamar can't win the playoff game. Lamar can't do this. He can't play big in a big game. Has anything changed this week? Is he walking around a little different? Or he's the same old guy? And, and what kind of leadership style does he have? That's the great thing about Lamar is he's, just, he's the same guy every day. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Fire's coming to you! It's every episode of the CBS original, Fire Country. This is a high-complexity rescue with a low chance of success. Follow the rules, and you shave another day off your sentence. Critics call it explosive and pure entertainment. I'm a fella. I'm not fit to be anything else. You're not an inmate. You're a firefighter. Bring it on. Fire Country returns CBS Fall. So catch up now. All episodes streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Every single day, he's the same guy, and he just wants to win. He doesn't yeah. care about anything else but winning. He will do whatever he has to do to win, and that's, that's why I got so much respect for him, and he's just so young, man. He's 23 years old. He's just young. Dude, he's just a kid. That's, that's I mean, huge. That's well, just a young kid. No doubt. No doubt. What about uh, your secondary? I know they're going to be tested this week. Jimmy Smith, Marcus Peters, Humphreys, those guys. Uh, what's your communication like in the back end? And, I mean, are you just kind of giving those guys a wink, like, hey, fellas, we're going to do our job up front, you cover your ass off. Like, what, what, what are they talking about this week to try and, you know, keep the clamps on guys like Stephon Diggs? And I'm not going to give any in, away any yeah, uh, obviously no stuff. But, game plan but these, guys, these guys are professionals, man. And they're, they're, we got pro bowlers back there, Hall of, Fame, Hall of Fame potential players. So, you know, I think that these guys – I think that they're going to be ready. I know they're going to be ready. I don't. There's no question in my mind that they're going to be ready. Uh, you know, we, that's a great part about this this whole team is everybody shows up every day ready to go, and you know, there's no you don't have to question. You can trust the guy beside you, and that's it. Goes from the whole offense to the special teams to the whole defense. From you know, every everybody's backup. Everybody is trusted on this team, and uh, you know, it's very, You know, you've been part of teams that you can't really trust the guy beside you. You don't know if he's no going to be that same guy every day. And that's just the, the reality of it. So on a championship team, you need everybody to be on the same page and everybody has to be able to trust each other. I trust those guys, they trust me, and they trust us up front. And that's the thing, man. Like, they're going to make a play. It's okay. Let's go to yep. the next one. I love it. I love that mentality. And last question, we'll let you go. I know you got a lot going on. Get your treatment, get ready for Saturday. But you've been on a Super Bowl team. You know what that felt like, it smelled like, it tasted like. You have all that experience inside of you. Do the Ravens got it this year? Have you felt anything? Have you seen anything from your teammates where you're like, damn, I saw that in Denver. We're on the right track. If, it, if you got it, tell me about it. What, it. what is it that made you feel like that? I saw it last week. I saw it. Yeah. There were spurts of it throughout the season, but I saw us play a 60-minute football game to, yeah. as one, and everybody was doing their job, and everybody was dominating, and it was just 
I mean, when you hold the number two offense to, you know, 200 yards total offense, it's pretty yep. good. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. Stay healthy. Good luck this week. Thank you so much for taking the time. Go Ravens, baby. Good luck. Thanks, brother. See you later. Next up, this man needs no introduction. He has been shutting down NFL wide receivers for nine years now. He shot to stardom in Carolina with the Panthers, was my teammate for a couple months-ish in um, Washington with now the uh, Washington football team. And now he's on the Buffalo Bills uh, making a Super Bowl run. Josh Norman, thanks for joining the show. Oh, Mark, appreciate it, man. You know, our run was... It was brief, but it was quite a run. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. It was great to have you as a teammate as well. Um, if you can explain in one sentence what your time was like in Carolina, go. It was a memorable time that I would never forget. <laughs> well, you guys went to a Super Bowl. Of, man, of course we went to the Super Bowl, so that you said to explain in one sentence, so I tried to bring all that excitement in at one time. But yeah, we went to the Super Bowl, and that literally was the highlight of my time there. That whole entire year, that run itself just morphed in something that we didn't think it was going to be because at the beginning of the season, it was just... You know, pandemonium and chaos, but we knew we had something special, but we didn't know it was like that special until, you know, we continued to like rack off games. The first game, the fourth game, the eighth game, shoot, the twelfth game, we twelve and no shoot, let's make a run. Then we get to the end of the year, um, end of the game, lose to Atlanta. But we all good. We getting ready to, you know, prep up for the playoffs and that whole run in the playoffs was just something just special because no team touched us until we got to the Super Bowl. And that was just whole um, debacle in itself. But, you know, it, it was something to experience. And that time that I had was, you know, I made friends for a lifetime, brothers that I still talk to today. So it's, it's still cool. Yeah, I see that. I saw uh, you and Cam Newton playing a little beach volleyball. It looked like some sand volleyball. Who's better at sand volleyball, you or Cam? Well, his name doesn't start with a C, I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, we, we, we compete all the time. I mean, our families get together and, you know, he hit us up, you know, one day, they not doing anything in the off season in Atlanta and saying if we're playing basketball, I got my brothers, we bring our brothers up and playing volleyball, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, they want to compete and we do too and we just get together and have a grand old time. What about your time in Washington? Sum up uh, that experience. Somewhat dysfunctional there. Um, you know, as a lot of reports have come out, I have my own stories about uh, that team and, and how wild that place was. But uh, what was your experience like? Well, uh, I will say this. When you get dealt a uh, hand that you're being dealt and, you know, you have your aces and your kings, that's great. But you also have, you have your twos and your threes. And, you know... I was dealt mines, and, you know, um, towards the end, it was, you know, in the beginning, you come in, everything is great, and, you know, don't get me wrong, they, they paid you handsomely for your, you know, your talents, and you come in, you thinking you was going to make an impact in the way in which, you know, you want to win, and you go for it and all of that, and, and, and we did that, but also we know it starts up top. 
You know, it starts up at the top. And we didn't realize that until the end. And so the hand that I was dealt, it was kind of like, you know, what you're going to do with these twos and threes now towards the back end. And for right. me, you know, I, I feel like I've grown so much and, and I accept that. And during those hard times, it's almost like, you know, where do you go? What, who you look up to? Where you, where you try to find yourself out of? And and I enjoyed it. I would say I enjoyed it because there was a struggle for me. That was the hardest part of, you know, coming out of that. But in that moment where I truly found myself, like, in the struggle of all the stuff that took place. And I'm going to go on here and talk about all that, but just know it was stuff that, you know, was out of abnormal, as you can probably recall to your time. But, you know, those things that... You, know, you have to rise above, you know, you don't let them um, stick on you. It's just like water on a duck's back, it rolls off. And for me, you know, that hand was definitely a trump card where you know, we had a a huge, um, a huge standard that we had to uphold and every day was something. So, of course, we... Um, we appreciated the the honor and the respect and everything that happened there, but um, would I have liked to see things differently? Absolutely, but was they not? No, they wasn't. And just like I said, you got to play the hand you dealt, and and so for me, I was, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. I'll put it like that. Yeah. And I okay, that. that's fair. And then now, you're on a Super Bowl run again with the Buffalo Bills. Talk about how that's revitalized your love for the game and put you back where you want to be? Oh, my gosh. Uh, breath of fresh air. It truly was a breath of fresh air. It, it was one of those, you know, things when when I did release, it was kind of like, okay, where are you going? Oh, shoot. Well, I don't know. Getting the guys back, getting the band back together again, kind of, <laughs> up in Buffalo. The last place I thought I would ever be <laughs> in the tundra. But actually, it became something much more than what I could have ever imagined. And Good. I truly like fell in love with this area, like the beauty of it, it's people, you know, being around teammates, which really makes um, the organization, like the guys that's in the building and having love for them and they having love for us. And we just showing that with each other and we going out there and we playing a game, you know, um, some of the stuff that I came into with, you know, with the energies and the stuff that happened, you know, to persevere through all the way through the end, I have to say, I, I'm I'm truly pr- like I'm proud of myself for actually handling the way we have handled it, um, and playing a split role with with my guy um, Levi on the other side and Trey. He's doing his thing, so it's just you know it's something different. But actually, we winning with it, and I, I can only you know do so much of you know be in praise for the guys that's on the team. And like like before in Carolina, we went on a run. Got to yeah. Washington, we had no run. It's kind of like it was a drought season. <laughs> and then I get out of that place and I come here and we back on another run, man. Like it's it's it's, it's almost like you know you do your service to Yahweh and um and you give everything up to Him. He'll you know guide your steps. And he'll honor that motive of your heart. And for us, we really won a championship. And this is where, you know, we got out. <laughs> we got into it. this place. And listen, man, we, we're, we're winning. I love it. That's great. And and um, how excited. you got to be thrilled that you get to play in front of 
the Bills Mafia. I mean, you haven't really experienced them as much because you're new to the team, but mm -hmm. that's a big deal up there. I mean, are you ready to smash some tables this week? What's going on? Listen, man, it's a huge deal. These guys, man, listen, they are the the rowdiest fan base they would love to say in the world, <laughs> but definitely in the league, man. Uh, <clears throat> these guys, they, they, they set up each and every games because they really, truly adore their football team, their club. If you go to any, like, big schools or whatever the case may be, you know that town is like a college town atmosphere. This is like um, that, but in the NFL level, yeah. you know, and it just a sea of red and blue and white, like these guys actually like come out in droves for the Buffalo Bills. And it's That's a generational fine. thing. And this is one of, you know, probably a couple of teams in the league that actually have fans like this. But it was great to see them, you know, come out into the stadium last week, 6,700 guys. I mean, filled out um, the place. It was scattered around, so it sounded way more than <laughs> the number. But you can hear them. They was loud and they was so proud. Tell me about in week 17, you guys are playing the Dolphins. You had an interception touchdown against Tua. That kind of like set the tone, I felt like, leading into the playoffs for your defense. Talk to me about Thieves Avenue from somebody on the outside. Explain what Thieves Avenue is. Oh, man. Oh, man. Listen, thievery is a way of life in this world. <laughs> if, you DBs. <laughs> if you can take the ball away from the opposing team, that ball you took is worth millions of dollars. And you look good <laughs> in your pocket. But if you can take the ball away from the opposing team, you win the game. It, it's The more turnovers you have, the more of a chance you have to win that game. And that's what these really, you know, originated back in Carolina. Um, and it's so crazy. Coach Eric Washington is with us now, the D-line coach, who really came up with the mantra. And, and, and I just... You know, I took it and, and I had our group together and we just branded it and we went with it. Um, Kirk Coleman and um, you can say Ron Harper was the OGs in our group. Yeah. And we all just took on that mantra. We was thieving. Everything in the air is ours. We was going to take it. <laughs> we was going to take it. Not about, not about choice, but we were going to take about force. <laughs> and it was on, on the ground. It's ours. It was in the air. It's ours. So I just, you know, everywhere we went, we kind of like kept that going and you know got here is crazy because e washington is with us at the d-line coach with buffalo so um and we still have some of the guys from carolina still was there when that time so thievery travels <laughs> no matter what it travels that's funny so that's kind of travels i like that you essentially throw philip rivers a retirement party and josh allen goes off last week he has 324 yards he rushes for a touchdown throws a couple of touchdowns what separates Josh Allen as a leader, and, and how much have you seen him grow this year? Man, what separates him is just his canning ability to to battle, um, to not be rattled, like, to win, no matter, no matter what. Like, he wants to win the game himself, but he also got to a point where he's now so much more poised. Mm -hmm. No, he's not rattled by much anymore like before he probably would make a mistake here and there but he has learned from that he has great game knowledge you're going into a huge game obviously a divisional game on saturday and the ravens are coming off of a big win on super wild card weekend 
Lamar Jackson gets the monkey off his back. He can win playoff games now. He's got a ton of confidence. They're riding high. How do you even go about, you know, stopping or slowing down Lamar Jackson? How do you contain a guy like that with that much talent? Well, he can do everything. Um, but where he affects everyone now is his mobility and him eluding fenders and getting outside of pocket. Last year, he was able to do it with his arm. This year, he's showing his repertoire of being able to be a, a, a run force on the ground. I mean, guys have over a 1,000 yards rushing as, as a quarterback. So, you know, if you look at that, and he can throw the ball, man. He's a dual threat, and he can you know, break a big one in any given moment if you're not contained. And yeah. so for us, we just have to be, you know, mind at all times of where he's at um, and pretty much be on our keys like none other because he's a threat every time he touches a football. So we got to be wary of that and understand, you know, uh, where he can hurt us and try to do our job and the best of our abilities to try to contain him. No doubt. And then you got to be aware of all the firepower he's got. Des Bryant looking a little better, finally comes back, makes his way back in the league. Mark Andrews, Sneed, they got Hollywood Brown. Um, you know, I feel like you guys, if anybody, from going against your own team with Diggs and Beasley and John Brown, I mean, you're, it's kind of iron sharpens iron over there. Has that helped you prepare for a wide receiver group that's you know, potentially equally as talented? Well, when you look at it, you know, their guys is 15, 89, and 27. Like, that's that's their bread and butter. They, they bail cows. And we know what that looks like. We know who they are. And what makes everything go is number eight. Number eight. <laughs> yep. End of the day, like, that is our focus. Um, we're not too much concerned about too much more of anything else. You know, we got our keys, we got our, you know, our targets, and we just got to go out there and execute the game plan, man. Uh, you know, it's nothing more than that. I don't try to make it bigger than what it really is. These guys are um, formidable opponents, and we just got to take them as if we would take any other team um, and going through our prep throughout the week. Nice. I'm sure it's going to be nice and warm in Buffalo on Saturday night. Uh, but if you guys take care of business, you guys are going to be, you know, in the driver's seat, potentially going to Kansas City or, or Cleveland, whatever, maybe having a home game against Cleveland, seeing how things shake out. But you've been to a Super Bowl before. Have you talked to any of these guys on your team that are making their first Super Bowl run about what it takes to get there and potentially win a game like that? Have you had any discussions or conversations with them about getting to that national stage, that big moment? Well, not not many. Well, not like probably one and two, just because like it's still early, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. um, sure. To get to that point is you got to play the game that week. You can't consider yourself worried about looking ahead because if you do look ahead and and you try to get complacent, then that team that you're playing that week is going to sit you down and hump you real quick. So, yeah. you know, um, the guys I did talk to about it, it's just like, you know, it's a whole different game, whole different element. Don't even think about the playoffs. Don't think about regular season. Don't think about any of that stuff. Like the game you watch as a kid, Super Bowl, sitting at your house, you was crossing your legs, probably watching TV with your brothers or sisters or whomever. That is the game you're in. And you are going to see the greats of this game walk past you on the sideline and say your name and try to shake your hand if COVID don't. <laughs>
you know, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> right. But they'll be there and you'll see them lined up and it's just like the, the sounds that comes from the game itself, the NFL, like the it's all in one building and containing that energy, you can feel it. And it surges through you. And it's just like that national anthem goes, man. You starting to have um starting to feel a little eerie inside. <laughs> you know? yeah. This is it. This is what I've been waiting for my whole life. And it's now it's here. And as soon as that whistle blow, get back to the game. Everything else just yeah. you know, dies. But it's That's awesome. Thing, um, man. You you've had that one opportunity in a Super Bowl. We're awfully close. Buffalo's been to four Super Bowls and lost them all. What would winning a Super Bowl in Buffalo be like for that city, that fan base? Honestly, I hope they don't burn the city down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be 1,000 with you. I hope they it's too don't. cold. It's too cold. Listen, there's a will, there's a way. Like, <laughs> they can get fire going. This place can get it. <laughs> yeah. But no, like that is like people waited their whole lives for a moment like this to see it. I even had a neighbor talk to me. It was like, listen, only thing I want in my life, he's probably like six, is to see the Buffalo Bills <laughs> win a Super Bowl. <laughs> I will take my rest and be at ease knowing that. <laughs> that I got That's one incredible. in my lifetime. I got one ring in my lifetime. Like, they really genuinely care like that, man. The team is a part of their family. And we are literally a part of them, and we feel that. And it's just so, you know, great to have back in their support like that. You know, you've been on teams that, you don't feel that, I had that. But coming here, it's just like, you feel that. And you can relate. That's cool. That's that's awesome. Well, go win one for your neighbor. Segwaying into something other than football, but you recently partnered with Wegmans in order to help out small businesses affected by COVID nineteen. Talk about your involvement with them. Yeah. So it was. It's, I partnered with the city, basically a Buffalo, um, the mayor, um's office as well, um, pretty much to help out. You know, these small businesses. You know, I got it from Yahweh. He gave me a vision, a dream, and he just put it out there. And was just like, hey, look, we got to do some of these small businesses. So what we did, we started to make a run the first beginning of December and putting out donations and seeing if, you know, the community can get back and help these small businesses that are really struggling. So we put out, you know, the entire, like, layout of how we wanted to do it and how we wanted to fund and help these um, struggling businesses. And so, you know, these corporations and these the community got behind it. And now, you know, we're building a fund up to close to $500,000. We have 428 now. And so um, probably beginning of February is when we're going to start cutting the checks to these small businesses. You know, we have Rich who donated $75,000. Wegmans, $135,000. And, you know, wow. different companies coming on every day, just, you know, being able to help and support, you know, this Buffalo Business Blitz um, initiative for small businesses um, here in Buffalo. It's amazing how everybody came together and supported, you know, their community. And why did you do something like that? Why is it so important, so important to you to give back like that? Because, man, like, you got to put yourself in other person's shoes. Like, I fancy small businesses. I'm sure you fancy small businesses. Everyone, you know, they're the backbone of our economy. They're literally the heartbeat of it. You know, you go into a shop and you don't see that shopping there anymore. You kind of like, man, what happened? COVID sure. struck. 
And it's like, man, if they didn't, this is the time where they'll be making their bread. Like bread winning is in the holiday season and they don't have that. So what can I do to help and show my efforts in supporting them? And so this came up and I was like, listen, I'm all for it. Let's see if anybody else in the community can get behind it. Because you hear whispers and you hear words and things of people talking about it. But where's your action? And therefore, we decided to take part in that and seeing who can actually get behind us. And we really had that. And I was just so grateful that people really showed that they cared. You know, um, I found myself by losing myself in others. And mm. that's a quote that I got from God. And I'm looking at it like, man, you so right. But that's Dang. how I felt like giving back and what I can do for my community that I'm here in and, and seeing if we can help somebody else during these terrible times because they shut them down. They shut the small business down so they can't really move yeah. in any way. So what can I do to help? And this was that. And giving $2,500 to help, you know, the small business who apply. That's awesome, man. Wow. Listen to you, Gandhi, Yahweh, using the Hebrew Listen, translation for the Lord. Look at I'm you. Are you going to go into Listen. the seminary after this? Are you going to be a pastor? What's going on? Listen, you never know. I was in Jerusalem. <laughs> but listen, I got my twos and threes out. <laughs> I'm from there. The, I'm, I'm, I'm washed. I'm cleansed. <laughs> yeah. I got a whole new life now. It's it's so much better than what it was. And I'm so glad I went through it to experience what that is to really truly be free. And this is the moment I am in. Well, I can't wait to go to the um, the chapel where you're serving and hear, um, will my brother Deacon Joshua Norman come forward with the offering? How does that sound? That sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last thing, one last thing. To Bill's Mafia, one message for them this weekend, this Saturday night. What are you saying to Bill's Mafia? Whew. Let's smash some tables. <laughs> I mean, they doing that anyway. They doing that anyway. You know, I mean, guys, do the same thing that got you here. Bring the same okay. energy. Don't change it for nothing. We need that. We still hear you loud and proud. You all may not be in that stadium, but trust me, we know you out there and we can hear you. So let us hear you and continue to be who you are. And that's the number one fan base in the world. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Nailed it. Signing off right there. Thank you so much, Josh. I appreciate your time, buddy. Good luck this weekend. Stay healthy. Always, Mark. We'll see you down there soon, man. We'll see you very soon. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, is a raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.